reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> is, that, is that an actual song or is that yeah, a Dawn Farmer original? It, it is a song, but probably not the song like in the tune that I'm singing. <laughs> No, I've I've not heard that one, but thank you. That was that was wonderful. We are reunited. It is Saturday morning, and we're having a little pajama party. Yeah, we are. We're both sat here in our PJs, um, diving into this really interesting topic of creativity and entrepreneurship with yeah. ADHD. It's nice to be back together, though. I think it's been it it's been really a while since we've recorded one together. It has because the last one was on the road, obviously. Yeah, well, um, well the last two. Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, creativity and entrepreneurial. I can't say that word. Entrepreneurship? Is that how you say it? I was going to say entrepreneurialship, but now I'm just making the (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to talk. It's still far too early. (laughs) And even if it wasn't early, I'd find another excuse. Shall we just dive in? Just dive in, yeah. Let's dive in. Females, the podcast. Hi, I'm Dawn. Hi, I'm Laura. And, and we, we are ADHD, ADHD AF. Seriously. We are two neurodivergent neighbours who moved to the same street at the same time, at the same age, with the same undiagnosed disability. What are the chances? Since discovering the enormous impact ADHD has had on our lives, and the horrifying numbers of missing undiagnosed females, it has become our mission to make some serious noise. We want to use our voices to raise awareness, break the stigma, and share our experiences in the hope that they help others. So join us for a chat, or as it's called up here in Aberdeen, a blether. (laughs) Trigger warning, we will be covering some really sensitive topics, so please do have a read of the description of each episode before listening. It's important to note that we are not medical professionals. We're not therapists or coaches. We're not qualified to offer advice or support. What we will do is share our experiences alongside resources and information from professionals. We will talk over each other (laughs) and we will go off topic and forget the point (laughs) mid-sentence. We are both assigned female at birth, which means that we can only speak from the experience of life as a fab people. However, ADHDAF is an inclusive space. Whatever your gender, you are very welcome here. Yes, you are. ADHDS females, ADHDAF. So we thought we would answer our ask us anything questions first because when we tried to do it on reels we ended up yamming on too long (laughs) (laughs) surprise surprise so we thought okay let's actually make sure that we answer them properly so our first question is when are you going to do the sex adhd episode i've fallen down a research rabbit hole because i think there is a high link between being hypersexual and adhd i have to say that this question actually did make me lull so please don't Please don't RSD over that lovely person who took the time to, to to send us that. It's just that my knee-jerk reaction was, well, how about you talk to the world, uh, including your parents and your p- potentially your partner, about periods of hypersexuality? <laughs> I was like, well, so I think it's a really interesting one. It is a topic that we should cover, but... Um, it's not like the is nothing sacred. Like obviously, I am an open book, but the point of our podcast is that it is our own authentic experiences. Yeah, and I think that I would struggle to talk about that topic completely authentically. So then I would be censoring myself, which would then be inauthentic. But we do have to have a level of protection. You know, we, that there does have to be. We have to be comfortable about what we're talking about. So. We definitely do want to talk about it, but what we're going to do is we're going to discuss it with a guest, aren't we? Yeah, I think that would probably be the best way forward. Um, And the next question we had was, would you give up your quirky ADHD brain in exchange for being normal? What do you say, Dawn? It's a weird one because I I like who I am as a person, and especially now since I have my ADHD diagnosis because I understand myself a lot better. And I think if I gave it up, it would change so much about me. But you look at the flip side and you see all the struggles that you've been through and the life you potentially could have had Mm. if you didn't have ADHD. Mm. And 
it's yeah, it's a really difficult question to answer. It's, it's, it's a much more complicated question than I even thought at first glance because I looked at it and I, I scoffed. I was just like, of course I would. Like, are you joking? Yeah. Um, but then when I thought about it, I realised that my ADHD and feelings of complete ineptitude and inability to to function as a as a normal in inverted commas member of society has led me to run for the hills and do all kinds of weird and wonderful experiences. And as I reflect upon my life, I'm so grateful for those experiences. I don't regret any of them. And actually, given half the chance, I would literally be on the next pain tomorrow doing it all again. So no, but then like you say, there has been, and even post-diagnosis and medication continues to be a fair amount of suffering. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it would be nice not to have that. We all have problems, ADHD or not. That's yeah. part of the human experience is pain, right? That's 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 part of what we're all here for. Unfortunately, it's inevitable. But it is hard to be at a disadvantage as anybody with any disability or, you know, you know, oh God, it's so hard, isn't it? Layers of privilege stripped away, yeah. etc. But when you have an invisible disability that people go around saying potentially isn't even real and you have to fight to be treated for and, you know, struggle throughout your life not even knowing you have it and build up all of these awful ideas about yourself and depression, etc. Complex question. We'll get back to you. (laughs) Yeah, it is a very difficult question because, like, I guess I've longed my whole life to feel normal and to feel like I fit in. Yeah. And to have that would be incredible. But then it changes so much about what you've been through and who you are as a person if Mm. you were to take all that away. It's funny as well though, isn't it? Because it's like your brain has this way of it's like a defense mechanism that we always the human brain always will convince itself that it's right. So when you reflect back on your life, that whole idea of, you know, oh I wouldn't change anything because it brought me to this place. Everything happened for a reason. Yeah, like yeah. And like, actually, it's kind of just bullshit. And, and and I think that a lot of it is, like, even in terms of love or lust, it's all just fucking brain chemistry. Yeah. And so, like... It's at- like when you look back on, a, on an old relationship yeah. and you think and you always go back to the good things. Yeah. You miss someone and you look at the good things yeah. and it's really hard to focus on the negative things. Yeah. That's why it's so difficult to break away from a toxic relationship yeah. because you're held on to the good stuff. Yeah. And... And you have to really, really focus hard to see the bad things to remind yourself why you shouldn't be in that relationship. Yeah. You always look back and see good over bad. Yeah. So, so yeah. Very complicated question. (laughs) We're not sure. We're not sure. (laughs) And this is why we can't do reels to answer these (laughs) questions because we ramble. Um, So next question is, best way to explain to sceptical friends who think they know better than your shrink? We've talked about diving into that episode, family and friends, and you you sort of have to remember, or we we beg you to remember, that this is all very new to us as well and that this is what this podcast is about is our us on the late ADHD diagnosis rollercoaster. It's only this year, you know, that we've, we've started this journey, so... That subject in particular is very raw for both of us. Yeah, we're both very. We're, we're both suffering. We're both struggling. Um, you know, um, I did the whole. Here's some articles. Here's some educational resources. This is what it feels like. That you know, I would even go as far as to say part of doing this podcast is is you know is one of the one of the reasons why I've done this. I think, gives, in, on reflection. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you an opportunity to, to explain yourself to, to those that want to listen, you the, know? Yeah. And I mean, a really good example, my mother, God God bless her, she has asked me probably five times now. And they've, they, my parents have been supportive. They have been. Yeah. But she's asked me five times now. So what exactly is it that this medication does for you? And, you know, reading between the lines... What does that mean? Well, that means she's read whatever she's read about it being meth or addictive or all of the other shit that people... Or she's not read at all and she just doesn't understand. Well, no, and I she don't can't... know. I, th- I think it's like a little... It's not a dig, but it's like a... I'm not very comfortable with this. Yeah. You're on drugs, I think. I think. But there's there's me. But this that is could be my speculation, exactly. overthinking. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, again, it's another question in which the jury's out. But, again, what I would say is the only thing that I the only thing that I can give is sending people emails letters with links to educational resources other people's experiences 
and and your own and just being like you know and protecting yourself like if you don't understand this that's okay but I promise you the doctors do know better and here educate yourself love yeah you know that's and and at the end of the day if people around you are aren't going to support you and remain skeptical or whatever then you need, really need to look at who those people are and the relationships as a whole oh god well, it's, okay yeah it's, <laughs> we'll come back to that it's, 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 that it's a very difficult one but people that want to support you and will support you will be there i think it's difficult because in a way nothing has changed no because you are who you are but in reality everything has changed like I say, it's nobody's fault if they don't understand, but it is their responsibility if they want to have a relationship with you to be compassionate and to educate themselves and to support you. It's both wonderful and absolutely devastating to find out that you have a brain disorder. Yeah. You know? That's because it. it's like, okay, I, I can stop hating myself. Oh, no, actually, I can't because I've, I've had to deal with this my whole life and now people are going to not believe me, not support me. Or I'm going to see how badly I've been treated, etc. It's, it's but this is the biggest change. The biggest change is within yourself. Yeah, like that is the yeah. biggest change. So even though on the outside you're the same person to everybody else, you're changing and evolving inside. Yeah, and you you need people around you that can accept that and understand that you know you're in a position where you're learning to love yourself. And then on top of that, you also have to bear in mind, as we've said, that neuro neurodivergence tend to congregate. So again a lot of the people in your life are highly likely to be neurodivergent themselves and that can be incredibly confronting. Yeah. And so some people will react badly and reject you and, you know, refuse to accept diagnosis or whatever because, it, well, it, it sort of points the finger back at them, right? Yeah. And that's that's its own, oh, its own bloody thing, right? And again, we go off. <laughs> but I digress. Um, next question what medication um, have you been started on and has it made a difference well because I am not medicated as yet um, I can't answer this one but Laura so I am on Elvance I've been on it since I think February because uh, January I had to fight my case a bit but that's a whole nother story but I think it was February that I started and it's and it's an ongoing journey um, we do talk quite a bit about medication in the previous episode with Louise Williams pink mm -hmm. hair bear so that's something definitely to have a listen to if you haven't already um, but it's like I say, it's a journey. It, it's such a complicated thing because there are side effects, but the, the payoff is huge, actually. You know, the things that I've managed to achieve in the last few months are more than I've achieved in absolute years. Yeah. Um, but then the downside is I have had people around me say that I'm being different or um, think, things like that. It's difficult. And sometimes I think, oh, my God. Should I just come off it? Like, I don't really want to do this for the rest of my life. And then, you know, as we were talking about how your brain remembers things, yeah. remember, like, I've been absolutely suffering <laughs> all of my life. So why the hell would I do that? Why and, would I do that? And the difference is that people are maybe seeing in you is that you're more focused. Yeah. And that maybe is making you less fun because you're yeah. actually yeah. focused on the things you want yeah. to do. Um, and less available. I don't know. It's... it's um. It's really, really complicated, but I say that the payoff is absolutely huge and, but yeah, just predominantly positive things. And the most positive being is that I don't have the anxiety, the crippling anxiety that I didn't even know was anxiety because I've literally had it my entire life. And we have another question. Newly diagnosed, start meds next week. Any tips or what to expect? What happens now? It's almost the same question, really, isn't yeah. it? What happens now is you're going to have to go through a period of titration where they find the right medication for you. So keep an, keep an eye on your side effects. Um, and, you know, it does take a little while to feel all right. But things like if you're feeling dizzy when you stand, if you're having Raynaud's disease in your toes, go funny colour and things like that, probably not the one. Yeah. Um, so just keep an eye on your symptoms and do speak out and get help um, and try different things. And don't expect a miracle cure. Yes, don't expect a miracle. And and I think it's, it's a lot bigger of a deal. The titration period is a much bigger deal and takes a lot longer than I naively thought that it would. Yeah. And I was speaking to a person the other day who I met and she's ADHD, but she was diagnosed as a child. And when she said to me, how long have you been on meds? She, her eyes kind of widened 
and she was like oh okay like you don't have a clue yet do you and I could say she didn't say it exactly like that but I could see it in her eyes and it's like oh shit yeah I've got a long way to go yet you know that's it what was it like when you first went to the doctors? What did you say, I'm very nervous to go? I can honestly say, like, the best piece of advice that we always give is to go to the charity ADHD Adult UK on yeah. their website. There is a whole section, I think it's in the resources section, which is called Diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And in it, and also listen to the podcast, and they talk about the thi- you know the criteria that must be met. And for me personally, anyway, having read all of that, listened to all of that, and then compiled what I needed to say and have it written down. Like, in all honesty, I mean, you've listened. I go off on tangents all the time or fixate on the wrong um, detail. I genuinely believe that had I not have had that um, help from that charity, thank you, James and... um, I forgot his name! Alex! (laughs) Sorry, Dr. Alex Connor. That is just ADHD. (laughs) Um, if I hadn't have had that, then I, I, there's every chance I wouldn't have got diagnosed because I might have missed a detail that would have meant that I didn't hit the criteria. So arm yourself yeah. with these tools. They are available. And that is part of what the charity provides is that kind of help and support. So do reach out to them. Um, I recently started the diagnosis process through the NHS. Did either of you feel like you were faking it or that you didn't actually have it and that it was all just a quick thing your brain did? Well, uh, the imposter syndrome is real. We talk about it a great deal. We talk about it with um, Louise again in the previous episode, episode 13. Um, It's it's the most common thing. So if we have built up an identity, what was it? 20,000 negative things are said to us as children more than neurotypicals. We've taken on board this identity that we are shit, we are useless, we are lazy, we are all of these things. Um, You turn around and go, oh my God, like this fits the bill. I'm, you know, at least 80% of these characteristics ring true for me. You go, oh, thank God, this is me. And then you forget that you've got, well, in our case, you know, 38 years or whatever of thinking that you're a worthless piece of shit. What you're going to turn around and be like, oh, no, it's okay. I've got a brain disorder. You're going to be like, oh, no, did I lie? Did I fake it? I'm actually a useless piece of shit, though, right? So it's also harder when you meet people on a daily basis and you talk about it with them. And everyone says, I'm like that. I do things like that. But I don't have ADHD. I'm like that. And that's really hard. And it just kind of cements that imposter syndrome in your head where you feel like it's not you. But at the end of the day, if you've been diagnosed, it's by a medical professional. Yeah, exactly. And there's very, very, very small chance that they're wrong. No, exactly that. And again, you know, even in terms of medication, like you wouldn't get that far for a start, like you said, because, because these are experts. But then on top of that, if you were to take medication, oh gosh, I read this article one day and it was just like, you know, if you give anybody a medical dose of what is effectively speech, then of course they're going to be more productive. And like literally smoke came out of my ears and yeah. like shot through the roof. I was so angry because that's not true. Like that's just not true. If you give anybody any kind of drug, they could either, um, you know, fall asleep, write a novel or dance to the washing machine for yeah. 15 hours. We are all different. Our brains are all different. And no, if you gave a neurotypical person Elvance, it's not necessarily going to make them really productive. It might just make them really ill yeah. or really paranoid. Or do you know what I mean? So if the meds aren't working, but like I say, it wouldn't even get to that point. Yeah. It wouldn't get to that point. I'm apprehensive about telling people, do they treat you different if they know, am I a dick? Well, first of all, you're not a dick. And it can be scary telling people. I think for me personally, I told everyone as mm. soon as, straight away because it was almost like an explanation for who I am and why I am the way I am. So I found it quite easy to tell people and anyone that treated me different, which I don't think people did. I think most people were quite sympathetic towards it. Um, but there, there, there are a few people that have maybe tr- treated me slightly different because of it, but they're far and few between and I guess I'm quite lucky in that respect yeah I think I literally haven't had anybody really treat me differently I've had people treat me definitely more compassionately yeah um I work quite collaboratively with people and I think I've felt braver to say 
no mate like I really can't do the numbers can you pick up the slack here and and people have really done that and they've really helped me which is which is really I know okay I know dyscalculia is not necessarily part of ADHD but it's something that I have and now that I've said that I'm ADHD people are being more compassionate if anybody turns around and says it's an excuse then that's their issue and yeah. they, they don't want to be able to show you the compassion because they want to be angry with you or they don't want to face their own shit basically yeah. so no you're not a dick all people are different and if people are gonna be shit about it then they can do one and it's not an excuse. It's, it's not a, an excuse. It's a reason. It's an explanation. Yeah, it's a reason. It's an explanation for why things are the way they are. Yeah, and I think within that, it, there is the self-compassion. So it's not like, it's a bit like Clementine Ford said, you know, you still have accountability. You still have choices to make. But I think within that, if people understand who you are, then I feel like you can speak out about that. So I could turn around and say, well, I feel really, really upset and over-emotional about that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that person has wronged me or done this or that. Yeah. There, there is an element which could be my RSD that is making me view something in a certain way. And yeah. I feel like it, it gives you the license, for want of a better word, to actually be able to be really honest with people mm-hmm. and say, this is how I feel, but I know that that isn't necessarily right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I still have, I still have people, like a lot of people have taken the piss out of me over the years, like my good friends. It's just, it's just, it's just what, what mates do, you know, take, yeah, the mick out, take the mick out of each other. And that hasn't changed. I'll, I'll still get people taking the mick out of me being like, Don, do you have ADHD? Like you've never mentioned it. Obviously I mention it all the time. I don't, <laughs> I don't stop talking about it. I mean, to the point that I have a podcast because I talk about it so much and I can laugh about that a little bit more than I would have when people took the piss out of me before because I was highly sensitive and people didn't understand me. Whereas yes. now when people take the mick, it's just like, well, of course I talk about it all the time because it's my hyper focus yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. because I have ADHD. That yeah. I overshare. I'm an oversharer. It's what I do. Yeah, People don't treat me differently. Just a lot of compassion and stuff. And that's, yeah. that's only a, a positive. Yeah. Anyone who isn't like it's your, it's, you know, it's not your fault that you have ADHD it's not your fault that you have mental health issues, but all of it is actually your responsibility. And you have a responsibility to yourself if people are treating you badly to put your mental health and your needs first yeah. and to show them the door, basically. Yeah. My brain punishes me for being like this. Mm. Then I don't apply for jobs that I want. Rejection sucks. Mm, that one hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. That's really ouchy. Um, I, I can relate to that massively because I've held myself back hugely from doing a lot of things university for one I'm 39 years old and that's me just going to university and it's something that I've always thought about and wanted to do but because I've said to myself I'm not academic I'm not good enough I'll never be able to do this it's stopped me from doing things Mm. whereas now I'm in a position where I'm just like I'm not prepared to fail anymore like I'm going to push myself forward and having the knowledge of ADHD and eventually I will get help in place I know that I can do this so it's it's hard. Rejection does suck as well, and it definitely puts you off. But I kind of live by the motto of if you don't try and you don't push yourself, then like where are you going to be? You're going to be no further forward. That's so. a great motto. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I always say. <laughs> No, it's better to try and fail than to never try at all. There we go. That's what I was trying to say. So I'm just, I try and live by that. And just like put yourself out there. And if you fail, you fail, but you can do something else. I have to say, in terms of medication, um, that has helped me massively. Yeah. Because there are things that I really, really worry about um, that literally would keep me up at night. Um. An example, having just traded at Seat Garden Party, the stuff I make is handmade. We know with handmade stuff it can break, right? In previous years, I would have spent not a lot of time, but some time just thinking, oh, my God, what if that breaks? What if they come back? Oh, my God, they're going to think my work's really shit. Oh, my God, da, da, da. It's like, no, it's a handmade thing, and people are rolling around doing roly-polies in fields. Things can break. Someone came back the other day, and um, the, something had fallen off the hat. And I was just immediate, without even thinking, oh, no, you wally. Do you want another one? Do you want me to fix it? Do you want a refund? NFG. That is not me. That's medication. What's so, NFG mean? No fucks given. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, you, you're just like, if you are somebody that is so is so impacted by RSD as we all are, and I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's gone, 
But I have found that that's something that medication has helped with. Good to know. Yeah. And one final question. Well, it's not even a question. She just says, no question. Just want to say thank you. Ah, that's nice. Thank you. We get lots of lovely messages like that. Yeah, don't we? we do. It's great to it's, hear them. Um, it's, it's it's sort of like less overwhelming than it was in the beginning, where we mm. were basically just in floods of tears yeah. all the time. But it still really, really means the world, and it keeps us going. Um, yeah, which is you know because it it is quite a lot of work. <laughs> work i guess more work than we we realized yeah Yeah. and with that in mind that's why we also really appreciate it when people do make a donation via our buy me a coffee page so thank you so much to everyone who's done that it really does make our day and it helps cover the costs because there are outgoings to host a podcast and it's just like a little bit towards our time and we are putting in so much time and really time that we don't have which means that it's affecting other areas of yeah. our lives. Which there's is, there's is a lot a of hours that get put into it, social media, editing, um, responding to messages, etc. Emails, um, finding other people to get on board. It's, it's, quite, it's a lot of work, yeah. which we love, but it would be great if we could just get paid to do it and put everything else down. That would be great, yeah. wouldn't it? Because then, because then we could then we could really focus. But at the moment, it's a bit of a struggle. So if you would like to make a donation, we'd really, really appreciate it. You can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash ADHD as females. Yeah. And it's not really about coffees. It's a donation page. And we really, really appreciate it. Yeah. So we did a poll just recently. Um on our stories on Instagram and we asked you are you empl- are you employed self-employed or unemployed 9% of you said unemployed 19% of you said self-employed and 72% of you said that you were employed which is interesting yeah i am self-employed and i am employed yeah but i have been self-employed didn't go so well <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to that <laughs> I haven't really had much um, areas of unemployment in my life simply by the fact that I I can't. I can't be unemployed because financially I need to have money. I have no one else supporting myself. So employment is, is, it's like almost like an urgency thing it has yeah. to, it has to exist I, ha- I need to have an income and you work well under pressure as yeah. part of ADHD so that's the file it under your ass yeah, yeah. I, I've had periods of unemployment um, as I've said before it's not so much that I've been sacked it's that I've basically had a nervous breakdown I've yeah. overwhelmed myself and I can't cope anymore and I've had and it's really awful because I've really let people down I've had to say I'm really sorry I have to stop now I have to stop now and I can't come back yeah and it's terrible I mean I've lost jobs but I've I've quickly been able to find employment yeah. again. Whether it's like you know I work I worked in oil and gas in Aberdeen. It's it's, it's what everyone does up here. But I, I for years and then I lost jobs like well well paid g- decent jobs because of lack of focus and commitment and motivation and everything else associated with undiagnosed ADHD and um, ended up you know getting bar jobs because I know yeah. I, I know I can do them and then I always work my way up quickly and yes. then get to the management side of things and that becomes too stressful and too much work and and whatnot so um yeah i i end up i end up getting on my feet just purely for the fact that i have to and i need income whereas i end up running for the hills and then having to rebuild back up my self-esteem to even be able to leave the house yeah historically yeah and then i've been self-employed but um yeah self-sabotaged that whole thing that's a whole other story Mm -hmm. (laughs) um then we asked you, would you consider yourself a creative? Yes, no, or my imposter syndrome says no. So we had 16% of you say no. We had 29% of you say my imposter syndrome says no. And 55% of you said yes. So that's a big yes, because all of those imposter syndrome people are creatives. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, a big resounding yes. Yes. What about yourself? Well, we both are, aren't we? Well, That's, yeah. yeah. So Dawn's at art school, yeah. art, at uni, studying... Studying 3D design. Yeah. So which you, ceramics, jewellery, that kind of thing. So you're an artist and I create um, festival Ibiza-themed headwear and accessories from upcycled military hats, etc., which I've been doing for 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. So creatives across the board. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been creative, musically, arty, 
like yeah even little things like diy like i always find little creative solutions around my house like my little what do you call it shelves shelves and um, storage solutions and stuff like and don and don obviously did the jingle (laughs) adhd i'm not gonna start anyway um are you better at creative subjects or at school yes or no we had 32% 32% of you say no and 68% of you say yes. Yes. And I can totally get on board with 100% that. 100% yes. I, I excelled at the creative subjects and that's where I did well. And when it came to the more academic stuff, even though I was clever and I was good at it, I just, I had no interest and that's where where I suffered. I think more for me, and this is something that I think is quite interesting. So when we've had, when we've looked at these I mean, actually, on a second reflection, they are leaning more towards creativity. So perhaps when I was thinking about it, it was it was not so such an obvious yeah. divide. Um, I was thinking about it in terms of actually RSD. So for me, I mean, as I've said, I, I really have very severe dyscalculia. I re- it's very severe. And uh, so maths is obviously an absolute nightmare. I never got maths GCSE. Science I was interested in, so I was better at, but obviously the two were paired together. So I started in top set for science. I was in bottom set for maths. And then when the two were paired together, I was put into the bottom half of the year Yeah, because of, of my not being able to do numbers. But actually, I'm good at writing, even though it's a disciplined thing. It's a creative thing. But yeah. I wonder... I wonder, just putting it out there, in terms of creativity and ADHD, whether in the world we are all creatives in our own way, right? Mm. But actually maybe the lean towards creativity and entrepreneurship is lies in RSD. So I could be creative and I could write because I couldn't get it wrong. Yeah. If it's opinion based or if, you know, it's your interpretation of how to draw something or how to paint something, there's not a wrong answer. Mm-hmm. And in rejection sensitive dysphoria, we don't want to get things wrong. We're afraid of failure, perfectionism, etc. And yeah, rejection. Actually, perhaps that's why we excel in these environments is because we're free that we can't get it wrong. Yeah, there's more, there's more freedom. Yeah, absolutely. The next one was, are you an entrepreneur? Yes, no or wannabe? Um, so we had 60% of you said no, 18% was yes, and 22% said wannabe. So so that's the one, isn't it? That's the one where I was like, ah, okay, this is interesting. Um, I'm a wannabe. Yeah. I'm a wannabe. Like, I've, I've won, like, so many little ventures and ideas that I've had, but I've just never been able to get anything really off the ground. And that's where I struggle. And I think that's a big part of the ADHD that holds me back from doing that. Yeah. It's funny because I am, but in terms of money and dealing with all of that, it's never made me loads, but it's opened the door to opportunities, which were the payoff for me, but also that led to other work. Yeah. And that, and that's how I've got employment and worked for other people is through what you know in in effectively is a side hustle because it doesn't necessarily pay the bills has opened doors to other things that have paid the bills and and got me to the seat garden party for example yeah yeah whereas like i've had side hustles but because i've also had to have these full-time jobs as well and you know had to make sure that i have an income to pay my rent pay my bills like that i think that's part of what's held me back from doing things because i just i'm, I'm unable to take the risk and go into something without you know with that financial risk and mm. not being able to pay my bills mm. so like when i had my business and it was a little craft business like i would have loved to have done that full time mm. and been able to commit to it properly but what definitely held me back was the fact that if I quit my job to do this full time, this doesn't guarantee me a regular income. But, th- but therein lies the trick, right? Yeah. Because the point is, you've said yourself that when things become laborious, you struggle to do them. Mm-hmm. But you have to pay the bills and that's the file it under your ass. And that's why there's an argument to say that when you go into a business and you have your own business, you have to put your heart and soul into it. Yeah. And there is the fire lit under your ass. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? For me, an office job and getting a good salary, I know it's easy money for me. It's like that makes things easier for me to take myself and go into a like a business world. I know that that's going to be really difficult and mm. I know that there's a good chance that I'm going to like run away scared because that's what I do. That's so funny because 
there's another difference because yeah. I'm the exact opposite. I can't, I can't, I, like after a certain amount of time, I can't get out of bed and be around people who I feel like are watching me yeah. and looking over my shoulders. Like, you know, um, a, a a chain email with people CC'd in like is enough to give me like heart palpitations. Yeah. Like, to constantly be watched and be potentially getting it wrong is just too much for me to bear. I can't cope. I crumble completely. So I find, that, and the thing is, I find I find it easy, mm. like being in a job, like just sat at a desk, and I just have to get through those days, and and that's fine. It's easy for me. Yeah. Whereas once you put that immense pressure on yourself, and everybody's watching you, and if you fuck up, it's your fault. Like, this is on you. But like, that's so interesting because yeah. th- what you're saying, what you're describing is exactly how I see an office job. I'm yeah. actually next to people. I'm in a room with people. They are quite literally looking at me. With your own little craft business online, no one gives a shit. Nobody's looking at you, love. Yeah. No one's Whereas really Whereas I feel like everyone's looking <laughs> no. at me there. Whereas in an office job, if I fuck up, I'll just be like, all right, I'll quit. Like, I'm never... <laughs> I'm never going to speak to you again. I'm just going to quit and I'm just going to get another job somewhere else. And I'll do that until I fuck that one up as well. And for me, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. Super, super interesting. But that's the point, right? Is that that's what we hit home about all the time. And that's why it's interesting reading these results as well, is that there is no one size fits all. The disorder presents itself differently in every single person. And on top of that, we're all individuals with our own life experiences, with our own ideologies and family history and all the rest of it. So the idea that creativity and ADHD go hand in hand is not necessarily true at all. Yeah, and this one, I guess, this next poll question kind of speaks for itself as well. Do you have a creative side hustle? 30% of you said yes, and a whopping 70% of you said yeah, I no. I believe that. I was, my jaw was on the floor, mm-hmm. and that's what made me go, oh, hang on a minute, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, we asked, do you have an abandoned creative business? Yes, no, or multiple? So 38% of you said yes. of you said no, and 11% of you said multiple. So it's it's the majority. Majority is no. So I'm multiple. No, no. So if you add that and that, it's still the majority, is it? So 38 plus 11. So it's almost it's almost half half. Yeah, 49. Because multiple and yes is is still yes, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, so half and half. Half and half. But yeah, I'm multiple. Yeah. I've I've tried my hand at so many things. I started doing nails. I did nails. Yeah. I did nails for a bit, but I couldn't deal with the fact that they're watching you do it. Yeah. So I enjoyed doing it and I could get right in there and be creative, but someone is quite literally watching every single frigging brushstroke whilst you're in like breathing distance from There's them. There's a trick to it though. Just talk your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I wouldn't be able to concentrate. <laughs> Just have, like nail varnish up their arms. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've done nails. I was hair braiding. I lots and lots and lots of different things. I, I used to give massages business. at Cafe Mambo in Ibiza. Yeah. Ten minute massage, complete black. There was a whole company that did it and my friend just said, do this. And I managed to get in Cafe Mambo. It made shit loads of money. Nice, it was a total nice. Brag, but yeah, unfortunately, didn't I sell them. Yeah, and, and, and not just failed things, but lots of ideas. Like I've had yes. so, so many ideas. <gasps> yes. Do you remember just... when I had that ridiculous idea about doing that kind of early morning rave thing, wake yeah. up thing in Aberdeen? And then it's like, why would I want to get up at like 5am yeah. and push something that people probably don't even want to do? Yeah, so so many ideas and that things things that probably would have been quite lucrative as well, yeah. but just never got off the ground. Yeah, just just my head full of full of things. It's like, I could do this. I could do that. I could yeah. do. I could do everything. But but, but is, end up doing of, nothing. Some of them are gold, though. That's the yeah. thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, lots of ideas. Well, I've got a couple of quotes here. I feel like this is going to be the world's longest episode, but we might as well carry on. Yeah. as we're in. Um. So. One is from Forbes, uh, which says, what well, half of this drove me mad and half of this is good. <laughs> of course, in our, inverted commas, over-diagnosed, over-medicated culture, oh my God, give me strength, we choose to only focus on the negative aspects of ADHD, which include procrastination, inability to concentrate, forgetfulness, disorganisation and easily distracted. One way to think about ADHD is having a low boredom threshold. Those with the trait become frustrated with routine. But there is so much more to the trait that can be leveraged to an advantage. ADHDers are often at their best in crisis mode, multitasking and free associating to intuitively 
reach a solution. And if they find something they truly love to do, they are able to focus on it for hours on end. So as I said, half of that can quite literally suck my dick. Yeah. Um, you're going to tell us that ADHD is overdiagnosed, Forbes? I'm sorry. Yeah, go for How insulting <laughs> and disgusting. My blood is boiling. But the rest of that is great. So yeah. thanks, Forbes. <laughs> but I find that quite interesting. It speaks a bit about the boredom thing as well. Yeah. And and this is this is one of my biggest things is I get bored of even even the tasks that I enjoy when it becomes work. Yeah. When it becomes like something that has to be done as opposed, I'm just doing this for me. Yeah. So if I'm drawing, if I'm doing art, if I'm hyper-focused on a task that I'm enjoying, yeah. then it's great. But as soon as something becomes work... A chore. A chore, mm. then I can get super bored. Yeah. Even if it's something I love. And that infuriates me. Do you feel like you actually feel the boredom or as in like, oh God, I'm bored? Or is it just like your brain goes, let's do something else? The, yeah, I don't. I don't even know if it's boredom. It's almost like task paralysis mm. in a way. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. But I can literally be doing something. I'll be like, right, I want to do this, and I can literally be doing something and just be like, nah, I'm over it. Yeah, and then move on to the next thing. Yeah, um, and it's almost like distractibility as well. Like I'll, I'll think of something else. Like because I'm constantly churning, thinking of things. I'll think of something else to do, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like a more interesting thing to do than what I'm doing right now. Mm. And then I'll get onto that task. Yes. My, my most ADHD thing that I've done this week will will explain that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I have another little snippet here from Scientific American. It says, two core symptoms, inattention and impulsiveness, suggest a connection between creativity and ADHD. Inattention, which occurs more frequently in those affected with the disorder, likely leads to mind wandering or the drifting of thoughts from an activity or environment. Such drifting can lead to new, useful and creative ideas. Hmm. So that so therein lies the link. Yeah. But again, you've only got to look at our, most of our poll results to see that it's not a definite link. And for example, I'm really so embarrassed that I forgot Dr. Alex Connor's name. But <laughs> like <laughs> Dr. Alex Connor, Dr. James Brown of ADHD Adult UK and the ADHD Adults Podcast, like I'm not going to say they're not creatives because I believe that we are all creatives, but they're not in a creative industry. That's yeah. not what they do for work. I do believe that James is a bit of a musician, but you know. The idea that we are all these entrepreneurs, creative people is just, it's a stereotype and it's not necessarily true at all yeah. because of things like RSD, task paralysis, etc. And the different levels at which these different symptoms affect us mm -hmm. are going to make living a creative entrepreneurial life incredibly challenging. And we've been messaged by people saying that they, you know, like they'd like to speak to people that work in a more professional business we've had a lawyer yes and and other people message us saying you know that they would like some input from that side of things because not everyone is creative yeah not exactly. everyone is in that and yeah it is very much a or stereotype even, or even sees themselves as a creative when they are because of their low self-worth or self-esteem yeah. you know um yeah um one thing i would like to talk about is the myth another myth of um, medication, ADHD medication affecting your creativity. So I've heard that a lot. I've oh, heard yeah. that from friends. I've, I've heard we that. We also had Sophia Hilton say that she was frightened and that a doctor even told her, be careful with your profession, that it's going to take away your creativity. And I will say to that, well, I absolutely call bullshit. That yeah. is not the case for me at all. Um, if anything, it has made me... It's, it's taken away from the thing that you talk about, Dawn, with the, uh, the 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 thing that you love becoming a laborious task and then getting distracted and having to do something else. Yeah. It's enabled me to sit and see a creative project through to completion in a sitting and sit for a long time and focus on details. I've made, I would say, for this festival that I just traded at in uh, the Emporium of, if you fancy following us, <laughs> little plug there, um, we, you know, I, I think a couple of the hats I made are my best work, yeah. genuinely. And it's because I didn't sit and think, oh, no, that's a bit too hard or that's a bit too risky. It was just like, I've got an idea and I'm just going to sit and I'm going to focus on it and I'm going to do it and I'm going to look at the details and I'm going to try. Amazing. Instead of thinking, oh, no, this is a piece of shit. I'm going to give up now. And I've seen what you've made and yeah. so cool. Thank you. <laughs> so, Thank so you. cool. Um, but like, yeah, so in terms of medication... I don't believe that to be true at all. But what what I'm seeing, and again, 
I am by no means an expert. This is our exploration in real time. So in my current lived experience, what I'm seeing is that there is always a payoff. So what has changed, as we've said, is I have had friends say that I'm not as fun because I'm not seeking the oblivion that I used to. Yeah. Um, and I've also, I'm very, very aware of behaviour that is not on. And that's the problem is that I realised that for the best part of 38 years, I've been a complete mug. Yeah. Um, and everybody's needs have been more important than my own. I've agreed to things I don't agree with. I've just hardcore people pleased. And so then that's how people see me. Now, what the trade-off that I'm experiencing is that I feel slightly mistrusting of people. I yeah. feel mistrusting of the people in my life and it's sad. And I do wonder, basically... You know, full disclosure, I came round to Dawn's house yesterday and had a complete meltdown and bawled my eyes out at her. And I wonder whether that's because I'm in a different stage of what is effectively the grief cycle of finding out that you have a late ADHD diagnosis, yeah. what we call the late diagnosis roller coaster. And I've been very angry. Mm-hmm. And I wonder now if I've hit another point in which I'm very sad. Um, because what I see when I look around me is I'm just a bit like, well, if you liked me when I wasn't a person and all that mattered to me was if you were all right and that I was pleasing to you or, you know, uh, I just made sure that all of your needs were met, then who are you to me, actually? And I see and I see it all the time is that my habitual reaction is to be like, what do you need? Are you okay? Yeah, no, don't worry about me. I'll just sit here on the floor starving or do you know what I mean? Whatever else. And then people are not seeing if I'm okay and treating me decently as I see them treating other people and so now it's like you have to take on board the fact that you've had a lifetime of pretty much being mistreated you see it you're you're building up your value and your worth and what now I have to look at it some more like yeah. it's like and that's how I felt yesterday it's like it's like I can't bear to look I'm not talking about my marriage, by the way, just in case I came across that way. Big is a ledge as per. But I just mean in terms of like, yeah, it's like not only do I have to deal with the fact that I've got a brain disorder, that I've been mistreated, I now have to look around me with a fresh set of eyes and a clearer head and some self-worth and go, oh, everyone treats me like a mug. (laughs) That sucks. It's sad. But the thing is, it's not just people treating you like a mug and you can look at it that way. But I think as well, you have to look at it. You've allowed people yeah, to treat you like that. Oh God, 100%, 100%. So when you tra- start treating yourself with some respect and, yeah. and love like you deserve, yeah. you realise that you won't stand for certain things anymore. Exactly. And that might change relationships and dynamics exactly. with friends, family, whoever. But... um At the end of the day, if there are people that are still going to treat you like a mug, even through these changes, then that's when you have to start really looking at these relationships. So, yeah, it'd be interesting if anybody has any feedback on that, that has started medication, you know, which is rare because we're actually really, you know, predominantly undiagnosed. Thank you very much. Yeah. I would love to hear what, or we would love to hear what you think the payoff is because it's definitely not been my creativity that's lost. Yeah. So what what is it that, that you've lost and that's changed? And for me, it's being such a record and, um, and a mug. Less. And both of those are great. You're not a mug. <laughs> You're not a mug. Mugs are for tea. Tea, tea is for me. <laughs> um, so we've got to do our differences. Yes. And uh, which are... Which are... That we have realised that we really do need to help each other. Because Dawn has severe task paralysis, as I have done for many years, but the medication has helped me with that. What it hasn't helped me with is time blindness. So I will sit down and do a task, which I think is going to take me an hour, and turn around and next thing you know, four hours have passed. And I'm. it means that jobs such as doing the social media are affecting other aspects of my life. Um, And... Uh and Laura's having to do more of that because I'm unable to do it through task paralysis. Yes. So what we're going to do is try out this body doubling. Yeah. And like actually, you know, sit down for an hour at a time and go, right, what needs to be done today? You do this, I'll do that. And then if we get in nowhere, we swap. 
or yeah. Dawn can say, what should I say here? Or I'll say, is this all right? Right there in real time. Yeah. And then an alarm's going to go off and we'll go, do you know what? That's enough for today. So you might see less on social media because it's literally taken over my entire life. Yeah. Um, but we hope that that isn't going to affect our listenership. We're about to hit 25k today. I know. Um, but if it does, then obviously we're going to have to push even harder with social media again because the point is we just want to get the message out there. Yeah. We know that it is helping people to feel validated and to know that they are not alone in their struggles. And so it's an important message that we're delivering and that's why we need to keep going. Yeah. But do I need to do that many hours a week of social media? Is yet to be discovered. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a hard balance, but um, body doubling we know works, especially with people with ADHD. And I have a cleaner. I spoke about this recently, and it's quite funny. My cleaner comes round, and she doesn't just clean, and I do nothing. I clean with her. Yeah. And I find like it's not just cleaning, like just little things that I wouldn't expect her to do. She'll do the cleaning while I organise my house better. Mm. And doing it with her, I know I have that time every fortnight to do that. And I do it with her and that helps me get so much done. Mm. Like I get more done in that two hours than I would in the whole of that two weeks. And it is, it's body doubling. Body it doubling. Is, it's body it's doubling so helpful. So yeah, we're going to we're gonna try that. Um, Obviously with that in mind, you know, please do keep sharing our posts or sharing our podcast in social media groups. If we can get the message out there and not have to put so many hours in social media, that would be really, really great. As ever, we are hoping to make some money out of this so that we can focus all of our time into it at some point. So again, if you can help us there but dawn what is the most adhd thing you've done this week well laura last night was probably the one for me mm-hmm. and it was a it was a, a culmination of things last night you came round for a bit and we were going to do some recording but we cancelled it said it. i had a nervous breakdown yeah so we cancelled <laughs> it to this morning so i essentially had an evening to myself and friday night and i'm off the booze just now because i'm trying to be healthy whatever you don't need this information. But I came upstairs and I thought, you know what? I'm going to start my summer assignment for uni. So I started doing my research and I got my sketchbook out and I started drawing. And about five minutes in, I, w- I was over it. I was ready. I was already looking at something else that was on my shelf. And I was like, oh, I'll have a look at that. So a piece of wood on the shelf that a friend had asked me to do some pyrography with, I picked that up and I started sketching on that. And I thought, I'll go and do that. And then I went onto my laptop and I thought, I better reply to some messages, some emails. So I replied to an email and then I got distracted again. And then I looked at my guitar, but my nails are too long to play guitar just now. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go and see if I can download some tracks and, and get GarageBand out on my laptop and record some music music and sing some stuff and about two seconds in I was like I'm bored of this as well and I was so bored of everything that I was yeah. doing and I couldn't focus on one thing yeah even though I wanted to I could and they're all things that you like yeah and you're good at and I couldn't focus on anything so I took myself to bed at eight o'clock and I sat in bed and then I watched TV but I can't even focus on the television I have to play games on my phone no, at the same, same time I'm the same as that and it's ridiculous it is ridiculous it is ridiculous and it's so frustrating because I want to focus on things but I just do not have the capacity to do it yeah and another thing that I was going to mention a very important enormous exciting thing to mention yeah is that um, I got a bit of exciting news um, last week I got an email from the psychiatry office telling me that they were going to get uh, um, an appointment for me in September. So I look as though I'm potentially getting my ADHD assessment finally through the NHS in September. Although I will add that I emailed her again on Wednesday because I hadn't heard anything this week. Mm. And she said she was extremely busy and um, I would see an email shortly. Okay. And I still haven't had an email okay, with an official still, appointment. But still, things are looking up yeah, for so sure. I'm hoping that next week I will see that email and I will have and an you, official date. You have had to push very, very hard. So potentially yes. some more pushing might be needed. But yeah. you've, you're another huge step forward on the path. I, so cried. Yeah. I, bawl- I cried. I was, I was I at, cried. I was at my desk at work and I literally just started bawling as soon as I read the email. Yeah. Because it's just... There's just been no light at the end of this tunnel for so long and slowly there's a little light appearing and yeah, it's just, it's like a huge relief to know that I'm eventually going to get the help that I need. Yes. And maybe be able to focus on one task for one little moment. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So mine is a really like 
discalculate the word that I can never say dyscalculia. Well, I always thought it was dyscalculia, but well, then uh, I realised yeah. it was dyscalculia. Like dyslexia, dyscalculia. I think is right. I think, but basically, I was running this event. Um, as I said, the Emporium of at the Soup Garden Party, and I was worried that. It was in boutique camping, which I've never done before. I was worried. I don't really like VIP culture, full stop, at all. Um, but I get it in terms of of a festival because some people are not campers and they they want a bit, a little bit more luxury, and I totally get that. Um, but I was nervous because I didn't know what kind of people would be in boutique, so I didn't know if my you know ridiculous hats with smiley faces on would be received well yeah. or if they might be the type of people that would prefer that or that would see a festival as more coachellery yeah. do you see what i mean so my friend has makes these beautiful hats um uh I, 39 millinery she's called so she has these beautiful fedoras in like camel and rust as opposed to my like neon pink nonsense um so i i brought some of those to the festival with me and uh in case anybody wanted something a bit more like that which they did so we sold a few of those and in the back of my head, and I'm not saying it was constant, but in the back of my head, I was thinking, oh my God, I hope I don't fuck that up. I hope, I hope it's all right. I hope I don't let my friend down. I hope I get all of those hats first. Just like a little voice, but I had so much going on managing that event that there were lots of little voices. Yeah. So it wasn't really until I got hurt, got back that I was like, right, I need to sit down and do this. And I put it off. And I started to get like an increasing anxiety, which was quite obviously that, but my brain wasn't telling me it was that. Yeah. Um. When I sat down to do it, the first thing I did was I opened up the box and it had two lists of things. Um. And a logical brain would notice that that's an identical list twice. Yeah. But my brain is not logical. So I thought that she'd given me double the amount of hats that she had in the first place. So that was the first panic was, yeah. shit, did I actually have that many hats? I definitely didn't sell that many hats. Anyway, by the time I go to go through the list to tick it off two times this, blah, 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 what comes back, somehow I managed to convince myself I had lost four to six of her hats, as in they'd been stolen. Yeah. And so I started to completely freak out. I messaged her, I'm so sorry. Like, please don't worry. I'm obviously going to reimburse you, which would have cost me loads. She's like, I don't want you to pay me the money. I was like, I don't want you out of pocket on my watch. I'm so sorry. You know, this whole idea that I was not responsible enough to do that for my friend, which, you know, is partly RSD and years of feeling irresponsible and inept and all the rest of it, yeah. um, led me to this place. And then my dyscalculia led me to this place where... I was already convinced that I'd fucked it before I even started. Yeah. And it took Big coming along and he's like, right, let's look at this. He's like, because it became one of those maths questions. If you have 75,000 sweets, you give six to your nan and two to your mum, how many have you got left? It's, it felt like that. So I'm looking at this list. I'm trying to do the maths yeah, in my I head for that. No. But it's one of them. So I'm looking at it and it's like, right, two times camel with a pin, two times black with stars. And I'm trying to do it and I just couldn't do it. So then I was convinced I didn't even have enough have enough have enough of her hats left. Big looks at it and he goes, Well, hang on a second. Right. She gave you sixteen hats. There are thirteen hats left. How many do you sell? Three. Ah, oh, they're all here. Honest to God, the drama. I literally, it's about an hour of my life, like having a having a complete panic attack, apologising profusely to my friend to then just go, I'm really sorry, babe, I've actually got them all, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, what the hell? Oh. That is the most ADHD thing I have done this week. <laughs> oh, it's funny, isn't it? You, you have to laugh In hindsight, it's funny. In yeah. hindsight, it's funny. Um, oh. But yeah. There but, we go. But this episode has, you know, been about creativity and entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Entrepreneurship. 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 <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but um, it kind of leads us on to what next week's going to be about as well. Yes. Our guest. We very exciting guest. Are we saying it or are we keeping it secret? Um, I say we're going to keep it secret for now. Okay. Just um, in case anything doesn't happen and we don't end up with them. <laughs> You know, okay. Yeah. Just, in case, in case we forget to press record again, yes, and they're not just, so nice to us. Just in case, but we have an exciting guest next week, and very we're excited exciting to share. entrepreneur, creative, lovely lady is yes. joining us, who has very recently been diagnosed, and a lot of you will have heard of her. Yes, she has a huge following, and she's a lovely person, and we're very excited to meet her. Uh huh. And on that note, I think we should call shut the hell up yeah, because uh, this episode's really long, and I'm going to have to edit. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. We'll sit here. We'll do it together. Um. So. 
If you have enjoyed this episode, we hope that you have. Like, it's one of those is like, good morning to everyone, except for Forbes, who said that thing about <laughs> ADHD being overdiagnosed, never medic- overmedicated, who again can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Um, so, if you've enjoyed this episode, um, we would really, really love you to make a donation to our Bias a Coffee page, biasacoffee.com forward slash ADHD is females, because it really, really helps us, it keeps us motivated, covers the costs. And, you know, potentially if we made enough money from it, we can start doing some merch, which a lot of you were asking us about yes. and things like that. We just, it's a, it's a real juggling act with time at the moment. And if you don't have any spare cash, then do not worry. You can help us out by liking rating subscribing even when you like a post you press save that helps us in the search engines as yeah well. and sharing us on any groups um or pages that you might be on and those reviews are really helping us as well yeah. which is amazing Getting we're back in, in the, the top 50 for spotify uk society yeah. culture and there was a global apple one which was a lot higher than expected. yeah we're like 173 globally, globally. in health and fitness health and fitness the pair of us <laughs> Um, but yeah, so all of that, those hitting those stars, writing those reviews really, really helps as well. And we're so, so, so grateful. Do reach out to us. We love to hear from you. And we just apologise if it takes us a little while to get back to us. Please do not forget, we both have ADHD. Yeah. And me being medicated is not a cure. You just heard that ridiculous story. I'm still um, howling at the moon. Let's yeah. be honest. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm a mess. <laughs> She wasn't a mess when I came round to her tidy house and sat on the sofa and screamed at, screamed and cried. Yeah. Not a mess at all. Um, no, we're doing all right. We're doing our best. We're supporting each other. We love hearing from you. Leaning into the community is our advice. And as ever, reaching out to people like Louise, Pink Pear Bear, ADHD Adult UK, the charity. Yeah. You know, everyone's, we're all in it together, basically. Yeah. We and got you. We got you. We got you. Um, but... Um, yeah, shut up we've been talking for so long yeah be nice to yourself be nice to everyone else <laughs> and um, yeah don't take any shit we love you <laughs> goodbye bye ADHDS females ADHDAF ADHDS females the pie